In today's episode of our Thriving in Construction, the podcast, our guest is none other than Ashwarya Patak, project engineer at Lunacon Construction Group. Ashwarya has a solid seven years of experience at design-built firms. Her role includes contract preparation, specifications, schedules, estimates, and working drawings and design for superior commercial, public, and residential buildings. Well, I guess it's time to hear from her side of the story. So let us all welcome project engineer Ashwarya Patak. Welcome to Thriving in Construction, the podcast. And here we have our guest, Ashwarya Pathak. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I am Ashwarya Pathak. I'm from India and now I'm working as a project engineer with Lunacon since last one and a half year. Wow. And I, I, I love it. <laughs> good, good. Can you tell us what got you into construction? Um, I mean, I'm, I know a little bit about you, uh, actually. And I know you're very smart, very bright. I know how committed you are to your work uh, with the grace that you do it. What got you into this industry? So I have a background of architecture. I practiced as an architect, architect for six years and then I came to the United States. I did my construction management and I joined Lunacon as a project engineer. And this is my first job in the USA. Uh, initially, I worked in the design aspect of construction. And now I'm mostly interested into the management and how it is ex executed. It really fascinates me how the, how one one's idea one's idea in someone's mind is is actually executed, and I can see the structure built up. That's really fascinating. That actually inspired me to be in this field. Awesome. So I am an engineer, and then I did construction management. So you are an architect. And now you did construction management and started working in construction. Uh, I'm curious, as an architect, you know, now that you have been practicing construction management, how do you see the architectural world? In other words, you have experienced how the challenges around managing a project, right? How do you see the difference between just being an architect, not being involved in the construction, And now you're not the architect, you didn't do this design, and you are managing the construction project for somebody else's design. How do you see both worlds now? So, initially when I started with construction, and when I used to see the drawings from different architects, then I could recognize that we are also, we used to make a lot of mistakes that used to create a lot of problems for the structural engineers. You mean the architects? Yes. Okay. So initially for the architects. Um, we used to make some design mistakes, not mistakes, complicated design and the structural engineer or the mechanical plumber, they had a lot of difficulties in actually executing in that way. And as a project engineer or as a management part, that is our work to resolve the conflict between both of them, the construction, architect, and the MEPs. So that is interesting. 
What do you think is more challenging, being an architect or being the the construction manager? Where do you see the challenges in both? What do you think is more challenging? Both are challenging in their aspect. In designing, we need to look into the codes. All the standards are different in each city. Each state has a different code. Whereas in management, we don't consider that. But it is very essential that we should look into the ADA standards, all the codes and standards while not even designing in executing. It's necessary that I should have a knowledge about what the architect is thinking. And for me, that is the plus point. I can read drawings, I understand what the codes are, and that is helping me in this industry. So that's awesome. You have very clear understanding of, you know, what the difference between a, an architect, an engineer, mechanical, a structural engineer. You have the understanding of construction management, and you really value all roles. They're all important. Yes, all they're all important. So when you're in India, remember three years ago you were there and you are working over there. What's the difference between working a construction project as a woman in India and working here as a woman? What's the difference? In India, we actually don't have anything particular for construction management or project management. There are a lot of lot of architects, there are a lot of civil engineers who are women, but there are no construction management, not even men. So that's a new industry in India. But here it's I think it's grown. There were less women, but since a decade it's it's changing. But who manages the projects? The architects? The engineers? So we have architects, there are builders or developers, and we have the super, like the site supervisors. So they manage the project and the architect helps. And when you work for in India, you were working for the developer? I used to work for a project management consultancy and an architect. So I was a project manager and an architect. Okay. So this is the question. How is a woman seen in India in construction? So you're in a construction field. What's the difference that you see? Is there any difference from how a woman is treated in construction in India and here? Is there is there a difference? I mean, it's quite similar because in India, it's really not safe at some time. In some of the cities, it's so unsafe to even travel in the afternoon. And working in construction, we have laborers coming from very, they're very poor, they're very low background, different culture. It's really difficult. And coming from like a family background, good family background, our parents, they are very skeptical, skeptical about um, sending women in such field. But right. my family, they supported me. They supported you? They supported That's me. awesome. And so you're saying that it's it's because you're going to rural areas sometimes to so, do these yeah. projects, they, it could be unsafe for a woman more than a man, right? right. And Not even in rural, rural areas. There are towns, when it get, get dark, it's really unsafe. Really? And in here? In here, I found that in some places it's 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 scary, but it's not like I mean it, we can survive. In here, you can survive in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, just one challenge that I face is I don't understand Spanish at all, and there are laborers who speak only Spanish, so it's very difficult for me to talk to them and communicate. That's one challenge I have. <laughs> Even with the subcontractors, when I talk to them. Sometimes it becomes so difficult to try to convince them, but 
somehow we manage it. <laughs> so you are in Miami, and this is why for for those of you that are listening, Miami, you you there's a huge population of people that speak Spanish, and incredibly, but they don't speak English. So that's kind of difficult to understand, but it happens, and you're right about that. And in this industry, though, it's very prominent. Yes, especially in Florida, because we have Spanish population dominant. So, are you passionate about construction? I am very much. Very, and tell me how. So now I see myself as a project manager in coming years. Right now, I started. I'm. I would say I'm a newbie in construction, just the construction execution part. And I have learned a lot in the last year, and I think I would be very soon to be president. So you've learned a lot. Tell me what's the biggest aha moment that you've had. What's the biggest distinction that you can express, that you can tell tell us about you in your learning process? What have you learned that you can say, you know what, this is this makes it's gonna make a difference for my future? So I learned a lot about how to manage things, how to schedule a particular thing and have a thing done in budget and within time and that's profit. And that's what we are working for—to make money, to make money, and live, enjoy life later. Has the construction industry been a good advocate for you to make money? And as a person, as an individual, as a professional, is the construction industry a place where a woman or a man can make money and have a good life? Yes, I do believe it's it's possible, and at very young age we can start doing it, doing this. In India, we did not have a culture of working from six, age of 16 or something. So when I graduated at the age of 22, I started working. If I would have been here, maybe I would have started early and I would have got more um, in-field knowledge about different trades that sometimes I feel that I'm not lacking. The, the field experience. The, not, not just the field experience, not just field experience, but about the experience about different trades. I think my weakest trait would be mechanical. I don't understand how the HVAC system works. <laughs> no. So, so let me ask you something. If you, if there are women out there, how old are you? I am thirty. <laughs> oh my gosh, you look like you're twenty-five. Thank you. <laughs> if you, are there are women out there that they want to? They're trying to decide what am I going to study? They're they're in high school and they're trying to decide. Do you recommend construction? For a woman as a space for them to develop, would you recommend that? Uh, yeah, I would. I would recommend them. Even if they are not interested in completely in the construction, they don't study construction. Even if they come from finance background or any other background, they can be a part of construction industry. There is an opportunity for everything in construction. Why is that? Tell me more. So what I feel is if one comes from... Accounting. Accounting, yeah. It's one of the most important features that is required in construction industry. That will hold the finance of the project together and that will identify if the project is going to be successful, is it going to be a loss for the company or the project. So the final aim is that the project becomes successful and you make money and then time and you get money. What other areas do you think, you know, a lot of times we think construction, most people don't know that there's a career called construction management. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know. And when people hear the word 
construction, they ask you, let's say you tell someone, I'm in construction, they like they think you're laying blocks or or you're you know with the, the laborers. You're you're a laborer. That people have a tendency to think that construction means that you are in the field just you know with your hands doing the handwork, right? Has that, that happened to you? That has happened to me. Even my friends, which are not from construction, who have done they are from IT. IT. <laughs> IT people. So when I tell them I'm from construction industry, they are like, oh my god! So you do go on sites and build buildings. That's it. That's what you do. And in architecture, they used to say that you only do drawings. That's all you do. But that's not the thing. We have to look into the details, the nitty-gritty of how the design should be done. And in construction, we need to look how it should be executed. They don't think of that. They don't even know about it. So what other areas of expertise? You talked about finance and you talked about accounting. And I believe that's, that's, that's right on. Yeah. What and other areas? Pre-construction, the estimation part. So before we get the project, we should have a detailed outline of what the project is going to be and how big the project will be. So that is one of the most important project, part of the construction. And then comes the operations. So before we get into operations, if we don't have a good pre-construction, we won't get to project. That's true. So if you are now, let's say six years ago, mm-hmm. and or seven years ago, you're trying, you're going to to the university. What would you have done differently? I mean, I would have started working along with studying that I did not do. I mean, I started after my graduation. So if I would have gotten hands-on experience in architecture at that time. So along with architecture, when I see things are happening on the field, I learn more. So that I would have changed. And what do you think are the biggest challenges a woman um, encounters in construction? They are not listened by men or anyone sometimes. They don't just ignore us. So I think we need to voice our opinion more loudly and more clearly. Women are more focused, they are more planned. I'm not discriminating, but they are planned. And men, they are volatile. Volatile! <laughs> <laughs> because they, they are volatile, I think that's the word. <laughs> Is that your experience with every man that you have worked with in construction? Not every man, but I just in general, on, in some people that I have worked with, they are like that. So your husband, I know your husband is in construction. Is he volatile? Um, he's calm, but he's volatile. <laughs> he's very calm. I'm more organized than him, I would say. <laughs> but you know, we need um, it's a, a little bit. It's about personality, and we need it's like we need all the parts of the body. Mm-hmm. You know, we need the hands, the fingers. We need all the parts. There's no discrimination as to one or the other. We can now, both of them, they both have different perspectives that should be respected of men and women. Right, being organized, it's, it depends on the personality. Some, some women are very organized, some others are not very organized. Now, women uh, sometimes, are, we have kids, we have husbands, we do many, many different things. And I think maybe because of that, we, we develop some... We have some restrictions. A little bit. What, which are the restrictions? So if I have kids, like immediately I don't think so I'm going to go on site the next day and start working. That can happen with my husband. He can go and work. He won't. <laughs> but that's one. The kids are one, um, one obstacle. 
or some space, then if we have in our, in our culture, we have parents at home, so we need to take care of them. So what's going to happen when Ash has kids and Ash wants to be a project manager and she got her job and she has her future, her dream job and all of a sudden she got pregnant. What's going to happen? I'm going to work till the end till the end I deliver the baby. And after I deliver my baby and maybe for a month I would take a break but still connect with the, still be connected with the construction, I mean the project. Is it possible to raise kids, you know, attend to your house, you know, cook for your family and Take care of your husband, you know, give him kisses and all that. It's possible. <laughs> and, also, that. <laughs> and also do the same, you know, in your job. Is that possible? It's possible we do that now. I mean, I, I cook every day. I take care of my husband. He takes care of me. But then when I come to my job, I'm into it. And so my work life and professional life, it's different. Personal life is different. It is connected because if I'm frustrated at work, sometimes I'm mad at him. That happens, but we try to stay calm or just ignore it. So you you hit a, a good point. A, a lot of people say that the personal life and the business life, they need to be disconnected. Mm -hmm. And I think there's nothing, there's not a biggest lie. You know, you, you are you in everywhere you go. You take yourself and who you are. And if you... Yes, you want to try to leave stuff that's happening at work, but there's got to be a... In the back of mind, it is there. It is there. It is there. And, and I think it comes with commitment to being the best that you can, operating it from a beautiful space of love and, uh, and not take those charges with you. Mm -hmm. But that sometimes is easier said than done. You have to develop some rituals in order to do that, right? So... How does it affect you? Does your work life, the stress that you overcome at work or the stress that you are exposed to, because we're going to talk a little bit about the stress in construction, does that affect your personal life when you're at home with your husband? Sometimes it does, like not literally affecting, but um, I mean, I get sad. I don't talk to anyone. I just try to ignore the fact, but that's affecting the life. Of course. But most of the time we try to ignore it because he's from construction, I'm from construction. So we both are sometimes are so stressful that we need to ignore the fact, just don't talk about the work and go for a walk, go for a ride. And we do that a lot. That's good. That's a good practice. Because we both are in construction and we have to deal with the stress. <laughs> so it's beautiful because those of you that don't know Ash, I know her. She's the most... Uh, quiet and she looks like she has everything under control there's nothing bad going on and she's always with a smile and sometimes we see people that are so cool calm and collected and we think they have no feelings oh my god but that's not true I get that <laughs> right people think that you don't sometimes have yeah even my husband before we started dating he used to think oh my god she's like a stone or a closed <laughs> book and then if I open up, then I stop, start talking and then I don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> then he doesn't want to hear you talk. Now he doesn't want to hear me. <laughs> That's good. And now what, how can you do that, that help you or not help you in construction? So when you have a challenge in a project mm -hmm. and you know there is a situation uh, where maybe the client is asking for something that is 
or, or accusing the, the GC of something that is not true mm -hmm. or asking for something that is not fair or making you do something that is not, well, how do, do you speak out? Do you say something or do you just stay quiet? No, then I speak out. I Before speaking up, I need to create a backup that I have a proof that you're talking wrong or it is not correct. This should be done in a particular way. If I have a backup, then I speak up. If they are correct, then no, then we are wrong. So you're saying that if you look at the facts and then you speak up. Yes. And if not, I mean, you just accept it. Yeah, we should accept our mistakes. Right. That's not, that's a good practice, I think. Right, right. So tell me something. Tell me about these ladies again that are out there thinking construction. And, and it is stressful, right? Is it stressful or not? No, if you enjoy it, it's not stressful. Stress is everywhere in everything. Mm. That's true. So what can they do to prepare themselves to be successful just like you and enjoy what you're doing? What what, should, what do they need? They should be confident in what they are doing. And if they if we are uh, successful women, we talk to them and encourage them. That's that's it. They need encouragement. Every woman needs encouragement and she can succeed. So are you saying look for someone that can encourage you? Yes. So if maybe we can call for a group of young kids, like women, ladies, small kids, and talk to them and walk through the cult, walk to the construction industry, how it works, train them, not train them, not even try to manipulate them, just walk through them. It would be helpful and they might transfer the culture. Do you think we need more women in this industry? We do need. Now the culture is changing. We have you, we have Patricia. <laughs> Patricia. Yes. But we do need more women because women are calm and they have a different perspective than men. And we should just that. So you think all women are calm? Not all. Not all. Some. You haven't seen some women that are not calm because I know you have. In some yeah, of your projects, yes. you don't have seen women that are volatile in your projects? I have seen both of them. I mean, I am calm, I become volatile very, very <laughs> Volatile, I love the way she says So, but when you see a woman that it's all over the place and what you call volatile, that some people call choleric and what do you, it's, it's more about the personality, not the gender, whether a woman or a man. What do you, what do you think? I mean, they should be everywhere, but if they have some logic, they should be there. If they are just talking because they are good at talking, they shouldn't. Have you find that? Yeah, there are, there are, I have seen that there are, there are these women, not women, everyone who, who can talk nicely, but they don't do work. They just talk. They just talk. <laughs> they just talk. So that's not good in the construction industry. Yeah. <laughs> we need the work, not talking. It's not going to, the building is not going to be constructed, constructed on words. <laughs> that should be left for the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me something. Um, you, we want to attract more women in construction. How do we do that? What do we, what do we? So we approach colleges mm -hmm. and there are, everyone is studying now. There are, I think more girls are studying than boys, the population. So let's go to these colleges and create some small trainings, some small seminars and talk about them, talk to them and ask their views what they want to do in their life. If are they fascinated by buildings or anything, they can do related to construction. 
you, are you passionate about construction? What is it that makes you passionate? So when I was little, I used to be so fascinated seeing all the beautiful buildings, beautiful aesthetically designed buildings on TV. And I thought I used to think that I I want to do this. I want to build these buildings. So and I love drawing and sketching. So I started designing, and then I thought of a career that I might do something in design. So I I did architecture, and I did designing, designing, and I did all the residential projects. And at a point, I thought, oh my god, I'm just doing blocks, and I need to see how it's working. So I shifted from architecture to construction. They both are sisters. Yes, they both are. They're family. They're family. So in construction, I mean, they both are related from designing to seeing how it grows. I mean, I just love. So would you go back to being an architect only? Not only both of them. I want to do both of them. Just design and see. I design the design a building, any structure, and I want to see that how I'm, how my team or myself, it's building. The structure is getting built. That I design. That is so what kind of building would you love to design? I love hospitality. I love hotels and resorts. What do you like about them? The structures. I mean, I love the aesthetics in hospitality. There is so many details about the entities. I love. Them. So you really want to learn about HVAC, right? I air yes. conditioning. Yes, I spoke to Emilio the other day. I want to learn about HVAC system. I, I hardly know about it. How it works. Who's Emilio? Oh, Emilio is Patricia's husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I think that's a, that's that's great that you want to do that, and I can create a, a a space for that. We I can we we can talk offline later about yeah. how can you get there faster. And plus, we have the interiors which goes along with the hospital. Yes, and I have them designed so the interior comes into. Now, when you have when you're in these projects, and tell me what are, what's the biggest challenge you have found in construction so far? The biggest challenge that kept you up at night and you didn't know how you were going to solve it, but you know, it, it was making you upset or mm-hmm. it was out of control. Okay. So I, I'll tell you a funny story. When I started doing this, we are doing these roofing projects or we have roofing in each of our projects. And they used to talk about eyebrows. I was like, what the hell is eyebrows, <laughs> eyebrows. in this building? <laughs> and um, then cricket. I know cricket. There is the insect cricket and the sports. So I did not know what these uh, crickets and eyebrows were. So I used to, oh my God, this is so different terminologies. So in architecture, so one challenge that I face a lot is the terminology between architecture and construction. And from India, it is somewhat different than here. So that was a challenge, one challenge for me. And the work culture is quite different here and back in my country. Really? Yes. So that is one, that is... That What's was, different? I mean... I told you, there, there are not many women in construction. They don't go on site much. I used to go just for supervision or maybe monthly once, not twice. And there's no different departments in one particular office. We don't, we did not have marketing. We did not have accounting, finance, estimating, nothing. Just designing, we are doing designing or just a little bit of quantity estimation. But not all the departments. That is different. Yeah. I mean, that. Those are different things comparing both the countries. So the biggest challenge you've had has been the terminology. Anything else? Terminologies and on site. I told you about the being in Florida. I, I don't understand Spanish. 
as another challenge and that would be a challenge for many people that is a challenge and sometimes talking to these subcontractors if i if i was in my country i know in my language i would convince them you need to do this i wanted to get it done here i think i might lag that because i don't know how oh because what about in english have you can you influence them yes, in english yes i can yeah i do it mm-hmm. awesome and some challenges are i don't i love going on sites i don't mind going on if i do go so that's not a challenge for me i love i love the challenge benefits it awesome so in india when you're there you're saying there's not a lot of women in construction um here do you think there's anything that has prevented you being a woman has prevented you from do getting what you want to do or no. do you think that has been a challenge because you're a woman no not at all not at all no, right no not even in my house in my family they were like do what you love do what you want to do so they supported me in everything that's awesome what's next for you in the next so you said you want to be a project manager mm-hmm. and you want to have more experience in in mechanical right i don't want more experience i need I want to learn mechanical and those other trades which I don't know the details. The other thing that I'm really interested is in BIM. I mean, I learned BIM and I it's really a very powerful tool in this age and that will help our company grow a lot. Big company to use. So, let me ask you what can, what prevents you from being a leader mm-hmm. uh, in your company to make this happen? How do you who do you need to become what do you need to do in order to say to the owner of this company mm-hmm. hey you know what i think we need to do this in one or two years and i this is how i think it should be done and i want to take i want to lead this process what prevents you from doing that nothing is preventing i think i want to excel in what i'm doing right now once i reach my excellence in i would say 6 months that's my expectation after 6 months i'm ready to go into the next step so excellence means what so there are a few things that so now let's say punch out i haven't done it i don't know what that is so if i rest of the part now we are almost in the closing out of project once those are done i'm ready to be in the next step so i want to learn the from starting of the project till the end so now we are at the end if i know the end i can do the next Now you have a vision of what the whole thing is yeah. is about, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So challenges are inevitable, right? They are inevitable. Um, we should accept it and face it one by one. That's what I do. Or people take it together and mess it up sometimes. What do you mean? If we have a lot of challenges, we have a lot of challenges. So we, I should, I do is I tackle one problem at a time. One day, one problem. Not five problems in one day. Or if I don't solve it, I create more problems. So, what's the biggest problem you have solved? Um, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. In your project that you're working on. I mean, the roofing was a big mess. It was not even getting approved. We used to sit on it. Now I can review the roofing submissions in one hour. So the challenge made you better. Yes. I mean, all the things I learned in the last one year is I did not even know what that is. We in, in in back in my country, we did not had submittals. I don't know what submittal was. Now I can tell you it very efficiently, and it was something. 
and make sure it works. Uh, if you want to be in design here in the US, mm -hmm. are you licensed to do design? I am not, but I am studying for it. Awesome. That's very good. Studying for being a registered architect, and I'm looking for 4D and 5D scheduling so that we can implement that in our company. I know I'm doing just the scheduling part. I have started, I mean, I have put 3D aspect to it, the money part. Now we need to put the elevation. Well, preparation, mm -hmm. I, I think you and I were talking a little bit a while ago that luck is not, you know, there's not mm -hmm. really luck. It's preparation meets opportunity. And uh, I don't know if you know, but we won a two design build contracts that are one is a $75 million design build contract and another one is a mm -hmm. $50 million. So if you have that license, it's going to create a, a lot of opportunities. So I applaud you for that, for being ahead of the game. What advices do you give women that are trying to be, to come here? They already got some momentum. They have already gotten their first job. Um, what advice do you give them? Because I see that you are always trying to learn something new so that you can get to the next level and next level and you want to master things. So what advices do you give them? I would say, so if you are in construction, studying construction, get or get into the field, just look into, look, look at, look at the building, how it's, how it's building, how the people are working on it. Even if you don't work on it, just see, you will learn, I would say. And once you graduate, grab the first opportunity, you, you get it because Each and even a small company, you're going to learn. And in a small company, you learn more because you have more responsibility. That's the best thing. Where do you want to go from here in, in the next five years? I know you've mm -hmm. said project manager, you want to uh, be from the design to the construction, you want to see the whole process. Where do you see you? And me as a project executive, not just project company executive. I mean, I would love to have a lot of project manager under me. Why not, right? Yeah. Can you be a good manager? I can be a manager. Why is that? I can, I would love people to work with me. I can encourage them, I would teach them, not be a boss, but work with them. That's a good part to be a leader. That's really important for being a leader. Not just lead, but work with the team at equivalency. Are you good at training? Training people, yes, I love it. Why? Because I, if I know something, I want other people to know about it. I would tell them very calmly. If you don't understand them, you can ask me a hundred times. I'm good, I'm good. I do it here also. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Everybody even comes to they, you. Even they, if they uh, don't know me, as I would say, just come to me. I would help you. She, she's, you, you're very known to, to somebody has a problem with a schedule and they go to Anyway, not the schedule. The other, other day I was working with the project manager um, in Puerto Rico and he did not know how to use viewpoint. I was like, I have learned it. I can help you. I will help you. That's awesome. What do you think is the difference between the feminine energy? And I don't want to say men or, or women. Uh, the feminine energy, you know, the male energy, what do you think is the difference, the differentiator in construction? Well, I really don't want to compare both of them because they both are different. They have both different perspectives and we should respect them. 
the both Correct. men and women. Right. And in, we're not talking about men and women. We're talking about energy. We're mm-hmm. talking about the way maybe, listen, female or male energy, masculine energy, it's not, doesn't belong to a gender. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a man that we all have both. Yeah. I believe me, you haven't seen me in my masculine energy. <laughs> I've done that most of my life. You haven't seen that part of me. The volatile, like, <laughs> you haven't seen that. <laughs> but we also have, you know, the female energy, that the one that is nurturing, the one that takes care of the, the children, the ones that yeah. love. Oh, I yeah. got it. But then you also have the masculine energy that drives, you know. I was a single mom. I've raised my three kids for a, for a long time and I, I worked and believe me it was the masculine energy that was there not them because I had to create right, so. um, and, and get things done and you know drive so in the construction that feminine energy that nurtures that loves that you know that can smile not saying that we're not talking about men or women what difference does it make in the industry if you think there's a difference so is so I so a project is like a baby. So we should, we should treat it in a such a way that it is growing. And if something is not happening, we should have that masculine energy and push it. We need to do it. I think you're right. So you see, you can you can if you know how to use both, mm-hmm. it, it's it's amazing. And and a lot of times we think that we're only driving one, that it's only the masculine energy. And I don't I, I think the best outcomes are when you can use both, both depending on the situation, yes. right? And the yeah, outcome that it Yes. So how do you use your feminine energy in construction? In construction, I mean, all the projects are equal and I work very hard on them. And if there is some problem coming from the owner's side and I need to push it, then I try my best and try to do it, talk to them, get it done. So you're more driving it? Yeah, that will be the driving part. So you, when you go home and you, you are in a project and you are in a, in a meeting and it's all, you know, there's some, it's heated and maybe some people yell at, at someone yell at the other person. Do you go home and you do the same thing with your husband? Yell at him? Um, no. No, right? I, I used to do. I stopped. <laughs> That wasn't working, right? That wasn't working. The other day, I, was, I, I switched on my TV and I started dancing. And that calmed me down. Awesome. You brought your feminine energy yeah. up. That's, that's awesome. I, he danced with me, so that was good. <laughs> you initiated that's something fun. great. I love it. I love it. What? Remember the coronavirus when it started? Mm-hmm. What was in your mind? When they said everyone has to be working from, you know, there's a coronavirus and there's a ton of people dying and that this is a little over a year ago. That was a year ago. So that was the time when I was almost in the time of graduating. It was in March 2020 and I had my, I had written two papers and I had to, uh, I had a presentation in CRC in Arizona and that was the peak time when the COVID was growing and my professor she told me that I cannot go because I have a one-year-old kid so are you interested in presenting my paper too? I said yeah why not so I went and I presented three papers and that was the opportunity, opportunity I took and that helped me to connect with different background people not just construction there were people from around entire world 
Really? Yeah. Construction, they were talking about sustainability, they were talking about medical, uh, underground structures. That was so amazing. And I I did my thesis through Zoom and I had good grades and then I was worried about, oh my God, because of COVID, what if I don't get a job? I have to go back to my country. That was really terrifying. And then I contacted various forums. I went to my conference in Arizona. I roamed around with two, three friends. I wanted to stay there, but I came back here because I had my thesis. I did my thesis. It was all good. And then I was started looking, I started looking for jobs. And I was so terrified. Oh my God, I won't even get a single job because of COVID. But then I contacted, I think I sent email directly to you. I sent it to Ivel. I got a call. She said, can you come for an interview today? I said, I cannot today. Maybe I can come tomorrow because I don't have a car. She said, no, it's through Zoom. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with it. And everything went well. And I remember I, I started working, I think, two weeks immediately after that. And I loved it. So coronavirus did not stop me. Um, getting into my structure. Into 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 and what you want, yes. right? Good. So you when you know when you want something you get it, right? We we get it and we should try hard for it. I mean if I would have sit back and just thought about it thinking I won't get a job, I would never have got a job. So. <laughs> That's true. A lot of people just you are just thinking negative, it doesn't help. What helps? Positivity and working towards it. Working towards what you want to do, not just sitting. Luck is not going to do it. It's, I mean, luck is, it's fancy. <laughs> but it's not going to help. And you should have internal energy. Internal energy, what do you mean by that? It comes from within that something is something good is going to happen. And, and to come into reality, we should work on it. We get a positive energy to work. You're saying that, would you say that you're someone that has internal drive to succeed? Yes, I have. Sometimes I feel so low that I don't work and then all of a sudden, I think I cannot do this. This is not going to help me. I should get back to what I was doing and grow on it. So you kick yourself in the butt and you make it happen. Yes. <laughs> I, I cry out. I don't mind saying it. I cry, but it goes away. We, we all cry. We all cry. And do you feel better when you cry? Huh, I think, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah as, Have you been in a project that, or in, in a situation in your life, somebody has treated you unfairly and that you just want to cry because it's not fair or... Yeah, it has happened with sometimes. Any tears come to you? Come oh, yeah, out? I, I do cry. In front <laughs> of others? Yeah, because if someone shouts at me, I, I might cry. <laughs> and for no reason, if they shout for no reason, I cry, then I talk to them that it's not fair. And I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong. And it's not even correct to talk to anyone like that. That's so mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you stand out when somebody doesn't talk, doesn't feel mm -hmm. the way you think, you, you say something? I say something, I get so angry, I cry and I say <laughs> all the emotions coming together. That's all. That's cool. So after you get your job, uh, we're still in the coronavirus, Is there, and you have to work, you're in the projects. Did, did anybody get infected? Uh, did, did, was anybody... Um, Afraid of getting infected by the coronavirus. How was that? How was that like? Did you have to work with a mask? Did you have to do something? Did you have to? What was that like? Can you can you remember? So 
Yeah, I when I joined, I for initial two three months, I was working from home. I used to go on site with mask and all the precautions, but at home it was I was alone because my husband he had he used to go at at his office. He had his own office, so nothing problem. But when I came back, we used to wear mask and on site when we you know, there's a lot of precaution taken care of. Then I mean I did two three times testing for COVID, but that's fine. We shouldn't stop because of that. Anyone can get infected even if we take so many precautions. I saw so many cases that they're taking so precautions and they are getting infected. They are in their hospital. And I was roaming around, but with precaution. Yeah, I, I saw. I, I also know people, we know people together that they were so afraid of getting sick and they, and got, they sick. got sick. And I, mean, I, was, I think maybe I got COVID. I, I, I don't even know. Maybe. <laughs> Because I traveled on weekends. I love traveling. So on weekends, we try to go somewhere. And you did. I so did. COVID didn't stop you for anything? No. I mean, it is stopping me to meet my family, but it did not stop work or the life. Enjoy life, right? Awesome. <laughs> is there anything that you want to ask me? So what drove you into construction? What drove me into construction? Wow, that was a quick question. <laughs> You've been thinking about it? No, I just thought about it. <laughs> um, my father was an engineer. And uh, I guess I grew around construction. My father was an engineer. He was a developer in Dominican Republic. And um, I basically decided I'm going to be, I had the option to be a doctor or an attorney or an engineer. I think that's the options we uh, think we, about. We always have. The, uh, And an architect too. But in a traditional place like Dominican Republic, probably the same thing in India. You look at traditional the, uh, professions. professions, right? There was no digital marketing or none of that stuff. Now, I, I one day I said, I'm going to be an engineer. So I went to my father and I said to him, I'm going to be an engineer. And he said, no, that's not for women. So he didn't, yeah, he didn't want me to be an engineer. He didn't want me to be in construction. He didn't want me to be an engineer. And his philosophy was that it was very hard, very tough for a woman, you know, because and in a way, Well, I didn't listen to him. And you convinced him? I, I just didn't listen to him. <laughs> I just registered. He didn't tie myself. You know, I just went to the university and registered. Mm -hmm. I probably had a personality similar than him. So, yeah, and I was the first one. In, we have we're four. Mm -hmm. He wanted the, one of the guys. We have, I have three brothers to be the, the yeah. Mm -hmm. And... And then my second brother didn't want to go. He didn't want to do it. So he oh. went, became an economist. How do you feel about it? About what? About your father not supporting you. So it was for a time frame because he, I did it anyways. And I, at the, in the first semester, I became uh, the assistant pro, uh, to the professor. Okay. So I got so good grades, really good grades, and they selected me. And so when he learned that, he was... <laughs> and then in my first semester, I had straight A's. So I think after that, he, he didn't say anything. He did not allow me to do it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? And then the problem is that halfway into my career, he died. So it's not that I was able to participate with him or... In my idea was that he was going to teach me. You know that when you, when you study engineering, 
and you study architecture, you don't know construction. You don't know. It's totally different than the real world in yeah. and in academics. Exactly. And it's a different profession. Construction management is a different profession. But even if you study that, the practical application of the business in the business world, is you don't learn it at school either. It's a process. In our industry, a lot of things you learn in, in, at the job. In the job side. You don't learn it in the university, right? One of the things I would like to do is change that. I would like to change, to tell, to show people, to train people on how you can do it before they get to the job site. And yeah, it, it could be that, done. That could be done along with, as a part of curriculum. They, right. They should incorporate that. Right. And um, so that's how I got into construction. And, and I have to tell you, I've, I've never looked back. Never, never. What, what if, if you did not get into construction? What was the... Did you thought of any other profession? I've never had that thought. No, that's no, I've never. And it has been challenging, but I've never looked. I've never, 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 never. I don't see. I believe I. I connect with myself at, at a very early age. I've always connected with me. And when I decided, I looked in, internally. I, I was able to make the decision from my heart. And I think this is how I've been writing my decision because I've always been in this industry and in this industry has taught me so much. People think it's only construction and people think it's, you know, you're laying blocks. Like somebody would tell me, you're in construction? Really? Oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah. And do you lay blocks? And I'm like, no, look at my hands. <laughs> look at my, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> There's more to construction than laying blocks. There's nothing wrong with it. Like my husband started in the industry as a labor. And there's, I believe this industry is very rewarding. I think this industry gives you an opportunity to build, you know, you build people in the process. The satisfaction of creation, right? Of creating. And we, we create, we come to this world to create. I mean, you meet beautiful people, amazing people too. Yeah, you meet a lot of different people, different personalities. Fascinating. <laughs> it is. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for for participating in our in this pod, podcast. I, I hope we can uh, inspire other women to come into this industry and even just people in general um, to come into the construction industry. Would you, would you say construction allows you to have a good uh, financial uh, outcome in your life? create financial wealth would you say that this is a good industry for that this is a good industry for that i mean we can make a lot of uh, money out of it as we grow this it never stops we don't have a limit so we can reach we don't have any peak it's just growing 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 and so i would encourage a lot of women men to be a part of this industry and do what you love and you will succeed and that's powerful. That is powerful. That's powerful. That is powerful. That is powerful. And being in construction industry, I feel empowered. You do? Yeah, I do. And I feel satisfied. And professional satisfaction. Empowered to do what? Empowered to do more things. In life. Not just in the professional world, but everything. I mean, I love traveling. I want to travel more. To travel more, I need more money. I want to work. <laughs> <laughs> And so when you are, uh, when you have kids and you have your, how many kids do you want? I want two. 
I won't do it. <laughs> Two girls? Yes. So what are you going to tell your girls? Do what you love. I'm not forcing you to join any particular profession, any industry. Do what you love. Excellent. I mean, I if you want to cook, cook. Do whatever you want. What are they going to say about your about their mom? 10 years, 15 years from now, what are they going to say? They would say that my mom is the best and she, because of her, we are here. <laughs> Who inspire you? Who has inspired you the most? I think my parents, my dad. So he used to tell me, do whatever you want, beta. So in, so like, like child, he used to call me beta, do whatever you want. And I'm there for you. Beta. Yeah. Um, so, so I, so in, back in my country, he, so he, with his help, I did my uh, bachelor's. And then after that, he said, now I'm done. Now. On your own, you if you want to learn more, it's you. So if you want to do master, it's your money. I'm not sponsoring you. Like yes, I want to do it. I did masters, one masters in India. I came here. I did masters in construction. I was good, so I got sponsorship. Who inspired you the most? Your mom or your dad? Mom, uh, she inspires me to be. So she is the feminine part of me, and my dad, she is. He is the male part of me to push that you need to do it and you will do it. And my mom, yeah, she cares. <laughs> and even my grandmother, she loves me. <laughs> so they look at you now and they're they proud of you? They are very proud of me. And I have a brother, younger brother, and I want him to succeed. So I will do whatever I can do for him. He's like my kid. <laughs> He's 25, but that's awesome. Well, thank you very much. I know you're going to be really successful, even more. And, and you I'm, will help me. And I'm going to help you. And you're going to help me. Yes. Because you are going to create more. So we were talking about the other day, giving value. The, the more value we give, the more money we make, right? And the more people we help. So you have so much potential and you want to do so much. You can help our company also grow. And the more you can create, you can create a whole unit and you can lead it. And you're going to get other people and train. And that's how we grow, right? Teaching others, helping others grow. That's how we all grow. And uh, I'm very proud of you. I'm very happy that I hire you. Yeah, I'm happy to. <laughs> and uh, I, I've been wrong with hires um, in the past. But when we are right, um, it comes from the day. It's, it's, a, it's beautiful. Hope this you know you you never never thank you so much thank you for listening to thriving in construction the podcast with patricia Benilia. if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast please share it with others and leave a rating or review on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast if you have any suggestions or any related topics you would like us to tackle in our future episodes, feel free to reach Patricia by sending her a message through the website anchor.fm slash thrivinginconstruction or find her on LinkedIn. Thanks again and we'll see you next week here in Thriving in Construction, the podcast.